Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family. We chose this one. This is episode 95, Back to the Future. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too. And this episode is brought to you by the DeLorean Motor Company. No way. Yeah, DeLorean Motor Company was an American automobile manufacturer formed by the automobile industry executive John DeLorean in 1975. Shout out to the DeLorean Motor Company. Very, very cool. I have trivia on them, as you can imagine. So this movie, I think, has more trivia than any other movie that we've ever covered. It has 308 things, most of which, like, even if we're just covering the movie as a movie, most of the trivia is not interesting. It's just like, oh, yeah, all right. But I saved a bunch of stuff about the DeLorean, which we will talk about after the break. But Joe, extra quirk. Oh, before I, before. We mentioned it last episode, but or two episodes ago, whenever we announced it. This is Jake Freer's Patreon pick. So thank you again, it Jake, is, for supporting yeah, us over thank there. Thank you, Jake. And Jake. if you want to have your favorite movie or one of your favorite movies talked about by us, go to TooFast2Forever.com. But yes, Jake, thank you for recommending this one. Of course, we all love this one. It's a great movie. But, Joe, extracurricular activities. What have you been up to since we recorded Furious 7 with Jeff Legaspi? Last night, Rachel made dumplings again. Ooh. Yeah, she's been making, like, Asian dumplings. Did you pair it with the uh, High School Slumber Party episode about dumplin'? No. No, I did not. I fumbled the bag there. But, yeah, so we had some delightful dumplings last night. Uh, She's gotten, like, really fucking good at it, so they're honestly awesome. I can't wait for quarantine to break, and when you come visit, we'll feed you some. What else? Oh, the only other thing, because I I know you're going to ask, is that one of my favorite shows is back. Which one's that? It's called Smothered. Did I tell Ugh. you about this before? Don't think so. Or I blocked it out. Either is either's possible. There's a show. It's called Smothered, and it's about, like, really unhealthy relationships. Oh, I think people. I... No, I do I do remember this one. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so they came back for season two. It started yesterday. I watched half of the new episode. It's, like, you know, some of the people from the first season that were, you know, horrible. Some new people this season... And it's really, really fascinating for me. It's usually like mothers and daughters in this like really weird relationship. They share clothes, and I mean, it, I mean, it gets way worse than that, obviously. But like, like the main thing is like the first episode of the first season. It like starts out, and this lady's like, "Okay, honey, it's your turn." And she gets out of the bath, and the daughter gets in her dirty bath water. And they're like, Ugh. "We share bath water." And I was like, Ugh. <laughs> "Yeah, exactly." And that's, like, how it starts. So those are the levels of weird shit that happens. It's usually, like, their moms are just, like, meddling in all their, like, relationships and life things. They're okay with it, and it's it's fun. Is that on the uh, the Learning Channel? It sounds, it sounds like a, the Learning Channel. It is. Yeah, it is. They kill it, dude. I think that's my favorite, like, garbage TV. Which is such a, I mean, just the idea of... <laughs> Pivoting a channel with learning literally in the name into that bullshit is just incredible. Oh boy, it's you know it's just a sign like we are in idiocracy just because yeah we're like you know let's fire up the learning channel and watch smothered. Yeah, exactly. And oh, I know I said this, but like I don't know how they have so much content. I think, dude. By the way, TLC is doing great at quarantine in the sense that like they keep putting out like new shows. Like they just have like so much content, and I think that they really stretch this season of Before the Ninety Days because like I just saw a commercial. Remember when I told you I thought like the finale was like three weeks ago? Yeah. Okay, no, like, I saw a commercial the other day, and I think they said, like, there's two episodes left, and I was like, like, how? <laughs> like, <laughs> like I told you that they're, like, almost two-hour episodes sometimes, right? And they, they've been playing this show for, like, weeks now. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, I know, they just have so much content, 
And, like, it's still good. It's not like it's, like, filler either. You know what I mean? Well, it, it's all filler. But, I mean, it's not like you watch... Uh, you don't. But if you watch, like, some of these really shitty reality shows, it's like, this is what happened last time. This is what's happening next time. And it's just, like, all, like, repeats. And, like, you only yeah. get, like, three minutes of new content every week, right? Because they're, like, mm-hmm. adding all this filler. No, this is, like... They give you a little bit of, like, this is what happened last time. This is what happens next time. And they'll drag stuff out. But for the most part, you get, like, a full hour's worth of new content in a two-hour episode. So... I want to say interesting but i also don't think it's actually interesting so you know i just like oh that's interesting but like i actually don't want to you know i just uh, so i don't know how to respond to this but it's okay cool yeah cool that's fine no worries uh, yeah i maybe, don't expect anything maybe they else changed and i you know obviously I, I don't have any insight into this but maybe they've changed the way that they edit or like things that they would otherwise have cut out I think uh, so too. To stretch. They're giving you more content. Like instead of it being like streamlined because they're competing for things, they're like everybody's home. So like, why not make two-hour episodes? Like you're gonna watch it anyway. So yeah, because I listened to a podcast series called Running from Cops, which was this about like the societal impact of the TV show Cops, and then that it sort of eventually you know wound up into live PD. But yeah. they're talking about how like there there's the holy grail of any live broadcast, which is or anything that's captured any reality show is the raw footage. And they're talking about how, like, you would never be able to see that. And, like, there's the whole whatever. But, like, the amount of hours they shoot condensed down to, like, what actually is on air Cops, is always yeah. crazy. Yeah. And so you have the ability, probably, to, like, have whatever, you know, would normally be, like, 10 hours probably last you all year if you wanted. Not that you would want to, but, like, maybe they can. You know, they, they know that they have their, their audience hostage, in a sense. You know, you're following these people around for months, right? Because they're, like, they're there for a while. They don't have to be there every day, but they have to be there, like, when they, like, go to meet these people or whatever. Right. And, yeah. like, yeah, so they just drag the content out for a long time. But it's good. I'm still watching, so. Well, what else are you going to do? Yeah, what? literally, what else am I going to do? I mean, I guess learn a new language or read a book or something, yeah. but... Better myself. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know. Um, anything else of note since Wednesday? No, that's it. As the world has heard, uh, Carly Rae Jepsen dropped a new album. I saw. How is on it? Friday. Do you like it's it? It's great. It, well, it's not really... It's, it's not quite an album. So when she put out Emotion in 2016, 2015, whenever that came out, okay. she put out about a year later Side B, which was all the songs that she wrote that weren't... Like the beach. I guess, yeah, the beat didn't fit. And that album's great. Like, that album's better than most pop albums, even though it's not really an album, it's just a bunch of songs. And so yeah. Dedicated came out a year ago, last week sometime, as we're recording this, so probably, but yeah, maybe still last week, um, she put out, like, a happy birthday Dedicated, and, like, the B in birthday just hovered on the screen, and people mm. on Instagram lost their goddamn minds, They're like, oh my god, when is it coming out? And then she just dropped it, like, three days later, and it's great. I mean, it's cool. not, like, it's not as good as Dedicated, because Dedicated is just about perfect, but every song on this album, basically, or the, whatever, the, the LP is like a, a B or a B plus, which is great. Like, there's no bad songs on it, which is, again, That's I awesome. don't know how she can't not write good songs. But, uh, you know, me and Chris Podcast have been talking. Nico's been feeling a little sick, but he's uh, been cranking through it as well. So, you know, cool. the uh, the Carly Rae Jepsen Facebook chat on the Now and Again cool. group is uh, blowing up. But yeah. <laughs> so that's number one. Number two, I also, so I have, okay, preface this by saying Rachel will never watch this. Okay. But the next phase of long-form sports documentary, because I'm going to watch tomorrow as we record this. Tomorrow is Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. So tomorrow I'm going to catch up on The Last Dance. I'm going to finish. I'm going to watch the last six episodes tomorrow. Oh, cool. Okay. If you're looking for more long-form, really detailed, really 
deep reporting, kind of, on sports, there is a four-hour YouTube series called The History of the Seattle Mariners, which is made by John Boyce and this guy, Alex. I don't remember his last name. I'm sorry, Alex. I can look it up. I can look it up. So it's made by Alex Rubenstein and John Boyce, and it's for SB Nation, and it's part of their Dorktown series. I want you... This is why Rachel is never going to watch this, because imagine... Just visualize, like, a calendar, right? Just, like, on the wall, like, the 31 days or whatever, right? Yeah. And each of the squares is a year, and in each square, there's just, like, charts and pictures and newspapers. There's video, but there's probably five minutes of video in four hours. It is, like, visually really, really dry, but just fascinating, because the Mariners are an insane team. Um, These guys also did Fighting in the Age of Loneliness, which is an in-depth thing, or at least... John did it with this guy Felix. They did it about the UFC a couple years ago. Oh, cool. Was it last year, maybe? After one of my barbecues, me and Chris podcast, and somebody else, I think, just, like, watched the entire thing, because he had already seen it. But they go, like, really in-depth, and, like, the story is crazy, and it's all the things, you know, they talk about going from, like, when they were a team, and then when the team went away, and then when they got another team, and, like, basically from the 70s to today, and it's just, I mean, it scratches that itch, and it's amazing, cool. it's really, really good, they're really good storytellers, but it's also visually, probably on purpose, just because it's cost-effective to do this way, like, it's not very visually stimulating, so at least, you know, so, if you're watching not, so The Last Dance... it's not like dance, interviews, like, The Last Dance, where it's like all these people, no, it's just like no. stats and facts on TV. Correct, yeah, and they're, they're doing a little bit of archival footage of, like, talking about when the Yankees lost to the Mariners in the 95 playoffs, they show, like, a couple of the hits, but, like, rarely, like, that that's, again, like five minutes in four hours. Like, there's not a lot of that. Most of it is just, like, animations in what's otherwise, like, a Google Sheet or a calendar. And if that sounds boring, you absolutely might think it's boring, but, like, it's so well done and just beautiful to experience. Even if it's not, like, I'm not a Mariners fan, but I love the Mariners growing up because everybody loved the Mariners growing up because they had Can Griffey it? and A-Rod yeah. and Randy Johnson and Edgar Martinez. And if you're looking for more long-form sports documentary because sports are coming back but they're not back yet yeah uh, there's six parts on youtube on the sb nation youtube page just search the history of the seattle mariners or dork town I, I read some sb nation stuff like I, yeah. I always find articles from them it's great john boyce is great um i watched three of them i think on friday and then the other three yesterday so yeah i'd highly recommend those so check those check those out because they're great and you know I think a lot of people who listen to this like sports, I don't know if people know about it. I mean, they all have, like, you know, a quarter million views or whatever on YouTube. Like, they have a lot of views, but it's, you know, compared to, like, everybody's talking about The Last Dance. Nobody's talking about Dorktown, so. Yeah. And then the only other thing, I've just been watching a lot of stuff. Three movie recommendations. I'm not going to go in detail on any. You can look them up. Basic Instinct, everybody knows, but I finally watched that. Oh, you've never seen it before? No, I mean, I've seen it. You know what I mean? Like, it's a movie that I hadn't seen, but I'd basically seen, right? Because it's just, like, so permeates pop culture that you, like, knew everything about it. To use your parlance, top-tier trash. Basic Instinct? Really? Yeah. (sighs) Wait, so you, you, Mr. Trash TV, don't think that's trash? No, that is, that is fine art. (laughs) Like, what are you telling I mean, like, that's, like, a real movie. Oh, I know it's a real movie, but it's Paul Verhoeven. Like, that's his thing. Like, his aesthetic is just, like, trash. Like, it's over-the-top pulpy violence. It's over-the-top sexuality and nudity. It's all, like, schlocky just with A-list actors. That's all it is. It's trash (laughs) TV with... it's, It's basically exactly what you were talking about on the Identity Theft of a Cheerleader episode with Brian, but instead of casting, like, the Jordana Brewster lookalike, they cast Jordana Brewster. It's like, oh, but, like, everybody. It's like that across the board. Like, it's oh, God, it's the same it's... thing. It's just well shot and well directed, and but it's, it's still so the same good. schlocky. No, I know. It's so good, though. No, it's, I know, I don't, I don't I'm not saying it's not. The same I loved it. I get, I get that you're saying, though, the, like, the archetype, like, the foundation of it, if you break it down to its core, yes, 
you have a very good point, and it's hard to argue against. But I consider them two separate entities. Oh no, they're they're one and the same. Just one is well done, and one is not well done. One actually has a budget, and one has no budget. That's the only difference. <sighs> no, I d- agree to disagree, but I I love both forms, and I do love basic yeah, instinct cr- as well. Crazy, but okay. So that's number one. Number two, Greener Grass, which is a weird, weird, weird comedy that came out last year. And then number three, I watched last night also was Near Dark, which is the movie Catherine Bigelow made two movies before she made Point Break. It's a movie about vampires. Oh, how was it? All three of those are great. No, they're all great. I mean, I've watched a bunch of things that I'm not talking about, but those three, Basic Instinct, Greener Grass, and Near Dark, check them all out, because they're all great. Yeah, if you haven't seen Basic Instinct, please go do it. One of my favorite movies. I am a huge Michael Douglas fan, and I like this whole era that he was in all these thrillers. I don't think that he's, like, I don't think he's a good actor. I don't think so. I don't think he's a great actor I don't either. know how he became, like, the sex movie guy. Because, like, in it all was, these No, movies, it's, like, sex thrillers, okay? Yeah, like, this movie and Disclosure and... What's the, the game? one where he... That's not the one. That's a that's a different thing. That's... Fatal Attraction? Is he in that one, Yes. Too? Well, yeah. no, no, no. That's not what I'm thinking about. Is that, is that him in that, too? Let me look it up to make sure we're not idiots. Yeah, he's in Fatal Attraction. But no, there's yes. another one, though. There's another one. He was on, like, a nice roll there, like, for a while. Yeah, no, it is Disclosure. What I'm... Yeah, Okay, so yeah, it's Basic Instinct and Disclosure, and it's Fatal Attraction. It's all these ones where he's like this undeniable sex symbol, and I feel like it's just because he's been that in other movies that they recast him. But like, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, they're all crazy. I don't, I don't know why. Like, somebody who, I don't remember, somebody in Letterboxd, some actor, I think, that I follow, um, like some known-ish name, said, I don't understand why his career was as, like, long and successful as it was <laughs> and why That's... Sharon Stones was so short because she's so good and he's just like like he doesn't really emote he's just like he has like two mo he has like <laughs> regular and then just like in like almost yeah like oh yeah yeah almost unhinged it's like yeah. right on the like the fringe of that in basic instinct that all just exhibits itself either in like rage or sexuality or angry sexuality it's just all the same <laughs> it's it's the same emotion over and over again whereas Sharon Stone is like going through his entire thing and he's just like I don't know. I think that when Michael Douglas acts, it, it always is, like, very passive. Like, you know how we say that, like, Brian mailed in some lines in Too Fast, right? He, Michael Douglas mailed in his entire career. <laughs> yeah, it feels like that, but it's also, like, he took it seriously. Like, he definitely made an acting choice, and he, like, is doing acting, but it's also, like, he just hit cruise control and just kept going. Like, that's yeah. what it did. He just put it right into gear. It was like, I'm staying here. We're good. I mean, he's been, like, really good, like, in Behind the Candelabra, where he plays Liberace. Like, he's great in that. Like, that's a Soderbergh movie. Wall Street is a little different. Yeah, he's got a he's got a thing that he does that people <laughs> kept casting him as, so. Good. I'm glad we talked about Michael Douglas. I really like Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas lap coming up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, there's, there's a world in which he's Mr. Nobody instead of Kurt Russell, right? Like, I wasn't don't think... That the, wasn't that the rumor? Was it? I don't know. Maybe. I don't I don't remember if if it's like fact or just makes too much sense in my head, but there's definitely there's definitely a parallel universe out there where Michael Douglas is Mr. Nobody and it would make perfect sense. Because they have the same hair. It's the same like same hair cool guy, like greased back, whatever. Same right? same delivery in the movie. Like if you cut Mr. Nobody out and put Michael Douglas in, we wouldn't notice that it changed. Kurt Russell's more charming. I think like Michael Douglas, the uh, character he normally plays is a little bit more weaselly. I think Kurt Kurt Russell's like you know, like you I can't see Michael Douglas as Stuntman Mike, you know no. what I mean? Like I feel no, like no, that's no. Kind I said of what... only, only in Fast and the Furious, only as Mister Nobody. Yeah, well, because he's just like you know, he's he's just playing the suit, right? Like he doesn't exactly. I, I mean, I mean, maybe <laughs> if we get this War of the Shadows, we'll have more. He'll he'll go more in depth in what he's going on. But what yeah, if, what I... if they bring in Michael Douglas and he's like evil Mister No? He's Mister Somebody. Ooh, 
That would be great. And they, like, face off. Like, Jacob is Dom's brother, and Mr. Somebody, Michael Douglas, is Mr. Nobody's brother, and he's on the other side. And we just have a mirror, we have a mirror universe of everybody? Two brothers? Yeah, two bizarre brothers. world. Oh, also, speaking of two brothers, I watched season three of Rick and Morty. I'm going to watch season four today or tomorrow. I'll be caught up, because... Cool. New episode on tonight. I think the, not season finale, but before they go back on hiatus, I think it's next week. I think they're going to do five more and I think tonight's four. So okay. as this comes out, I think in two days, next Sunday as we're recording this, I think is the quote unquote like sort of mid-season finale or whatever, I think from what I understand. Yeah, I don't like know. the break. We watched, yeah. we watched the ones that, that came out recently and they're they're pretty funny. Like they're like in tune. You know what I mean? Like they, they fall in line. Like yeah. I laugh about the same amount, so... There's not, like, anyone that I was like, oh, my God, this was the best episode ever. I think I even, like, messaged you and Wes, like, one of the jokes in a new episode at some point. I forget what it was now, but... I think the, from what I've heard, the Vat of Acid episode, which came out last week, I think is the best one of the new batch so far. It's the most memorable. It's the one that I remember the most, for sure. But I figure, you know, they did, like, I really liked the Morty's Mind Blowers, which is the, basically, the version of Interdimensional Cable. They even say, like, we're doing this instead of Interdimensional Cable. Like, that was really good. The Planet of Rick and Morty's. What, what was that? One. Oh, the Rick Lantis mix-up, where it's like there's, you know, same old story, Morty's killing Morty's. Yeah. So I've just been watching things. So that's all I've been doing, because, you know, nothing else is going on, I don't think. But nope. yeah. We have a Patreon page on the show, TooFast2Forever.com. Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellenin, Justin Kleinman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party, Haley Gerbys, Wes Hampton, Christian Larson, and Jerry Robinson for supporting us at the $5 Thank level you. or above. Thank you all Thank so you all much. so very much. Like we mentioned earlier... We're doing Back to the Future today because Jake picked it on his thing. And I was thinking, what? You know, if we keep double, then we're still, we're in, we're in active discussions. Our agents are talking, you know, you know, there's closed door meetings. We do right now one, like the $10 level. I mean, if we keep getting people, we might have to change this. But I feel like if we keep double up next year, you know, maybe you get a, a pick per lap. I don't know. Ooh, ooh. If we do two a week, because, I mean, there's double the episodes, right? Double the pleasure, double the fun. Hey, man, I didn't see the final contract yet. I don't know what's going to happen. Just throwing it out there. I'm also thinking, you know, in terms of this is, again, like, I, I, I can't believe it's only May, but I also can't believe it's still just May. You know what I mean? Like, I can't, <laughs> yep. like, it's, it feels both, like, way further and way closer to whenever time. I agree. You know, as we basically have next lap, not planned out, because we don't know what we're watching yet, but we have the theme and everything. Lap, what is, is this six? So that's seven. So then, like, eight, nine, ten, basically, is, like, the end of this year, all of next year, and the beginning of the following year. Like, we might do, like, announce three and everybody at the $10 level gets a pick in each lap so you know if you're not on board and you want to get on board too fast too forever.com pick lots of things seat. for us to watch hop in the back seat ride along grab a corona yeah we have an email just here on the show family at cageclub.me and show we're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go on an we're gonna go on an adventure. We're gonna go on a journey what does here that mean? because Hector keeps sending emails. So in addition <laughs> to having lots of pictures Okay. Uh, lots of car pictures. He sent in a string of emails. So we're starting off first with destroying other people email too, but we're going to get to Hector first because it came in first. Okay. Destroying the Fast Five Redemption. He says, hey, Joey's. I remember that Joey one said about me fucking up the fast standings <laughs> of the rankings. Just want to say that it won't recover anytime soon because here's my revised rankings. Do you only count them once? Like if you like change your rankings, like it doesn't count as two rankings. No, but I mean, I think he's saying like if five goes down, if we do, if I got, if I do rankings every lap, I'm not counting five as number one five times now. I'm counting exactly. once. Yes. It's once per person, average of per person. Yes. So we're going to find out. So, okay. so save the rest of the email for the recap or don't if you want to do it now. Here they are. Got to go. Stay fast. Stay furious. P.S. I won't write an explanation. Also, 
I haven't seen the movie since January, and I don't plan to. Wow. The, or don't plan to yet. The okay. rankings are influenced by your podcast and my tastes. Oh, Well, I mean, if it was based on the podcast, Fast Five should be number one. So, <laughs> but, you know, I, okay, we'll stay here. Okay, so here's rankings. Okay. Let, me find, let me find his old rankings here. Number nine, Fate, which is still the same. Makes sense, yeah. Number eight, Too Fast. Okay. So that dropped from five down to eight. Wow. Precipitous drop. Number seven, Fast Five, which actually went up one. So, Hector, it's actually you're actually helping. So, thank you so much. Ooh. Number six, Fast Four, which is the same. Okay. Number five, Hobbs and Shaw. That went down one, but he still got it in the middle of the pack. Yeah, that's where everybody kind of has it. Unless number you hate it. four, Furious Seven. That went down one. Okay. Number three, Fast and Furious 6. That went from 7 all the way up to 3. That one got a real wow. big boost. Huge. It was the world's longest runway. It ran way right up to 3. I know. Number two, the original, and number one, Tokyo Drift. Those are both still the same. So, awesome. you know, Hector, even though it wasn't your purpose, my man, you uh, you helped Fast 5 inch ever closer to that 1.99 rank. It's <laughs> 209 right now. Nice. Although, as you will have heard by the time this comes out, Jeff Legaspi, our guest on Furious 7, Put Fast Five at five, right? So, yeah, you know, you guys stand alone since all the way back to Jason Dickinson with his four. Everybody since then, Kara's entire lap. So, since Kara's entire lap, everyone has been on other than you two has had it at a one. So, yeah, boy, oh boy. Interesting. All right. So, now here's where the journey really gets going. It's a series of emails he calls Joey Be Like. Okay. Hector says, Me, fuck five. Joey says, This gif. And it's Donald Trump saying, Wrong. <laughs> then okay. five minutes later joey be like part two okay me but my opinion though joey keenan from snl it's so still wrong, wrong. <laughs> then five minutes after that joey be like part three me i'm not wrong joey gordon ramsay saying you fucking donkey <laughs> And then he says, Joey, be like part three. P.S. Don't look up fucking donkey. My virgin eyes are burning. <laughs> Which, you Stumbled know. Stumbled into some bestiality over there, bud. I guess so. You know, that I feel like that's karma. <laughs> that's, you know, don't, don't, you know, I, I love these. I also think that this is also now referencing a movie that came out before, years before he was born. Like the big Lebowski had been on my brain because of our comedy bracket. Oh. But like, that's just like your opinion, man. Like, I feel yeah. like. Yeah. Exactly. That's this is what I always I think this when people post stuff and we talk about this right. Every everybody's opinion is valid. You're allowed to not like things. You're allowed to like things. It doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. I'm glad that you enjoy something and you you're allowed to not enjoy things. But like I see people being like this was trash and you're just like that's just like your opinion, bro. Like yeah. we all live together, man. There's space for everyone. I like it. Actually, here's a, here's a question for you, Hector, because I don't know if you've ever. I know you're not going to explain the rankings. So I'm not asking you to explain the rankings. I'm asking you to explain something a little bigger than the rankings. Do you at least agree with us that Fast Five, for instance, Ooh. and every movie on your list, everything in like the six, seven, eight, nine range, do you like those more than most other movies? Or because that's our that's our theory, right, Joe? It's yes, like, even, even a the bad, bad Fast and the Furious, even the ones that we don't like. If, yes. we're, if we're taking good and bad out of the equation, even the ones we don't like are better than most other movies. Do you agree about Fast Five, or is, is it like so egregious in your face? You'd rather watch Lifetime cheerleader movies. Yeah. All right. Next email we, we have. Need to, we need to put those GIF 
conversations on Twitter, by the way. Recreate the emails on, like, Twitter with the GIFs. The next email, what I was trying to, I was just trying to find something on YouTube. I couldn't find it. Um, I know that I can find it if I search. Next email from Jason Dickinson, subject line, hey, what's up, fam? What's up, Jason? How are you doing, buddy? How you doing, fam? Love you much. When you get a chance, please subscribe to my YouTube channel. Hope you all enjoy my review for The I Fast did. and the Furious. I already did. I know I am. I'm going to subscribe as The Fast and the Furious, as Too Fast, Too Forever, but I don't, what, how can I find him? He messaged us the video, so go okay. into our Facebook messages. Oh, right, yes. On YouTube, he is Movie Collector. M-O-V-I-E-C-O-L-L-E-C-T-E-R. Movie Collector. I just subscribed as Too Fast, Too Forever, so Perfect. what's up, Jason? Keep going. Keep keep doing what you're doing. Two more emails. First up, from Alex Ellenin. Subject line, you guys are killing me right now. He says, I'm listening what's to up, you talk Alex? about Leon and then Vince being at the first race and had to pull into a parking lot. Vince was definitely there. So, look, okay. <laughs> I feel like we're too close. I think we're too close to the material. Yeah, it's like, like, it's like you can't see the forest for the trees type thing. Like, we're just, like, way too... Like, our nose is pressed against the screen sometimes, right? Like, we're not doing it to drive you crazy. I understand that most of what we say on the show probably drives someone crazy. Not on purpose, but just, like, how do you guys not know that? And it's either intentionally... I don't, I don't even know how to say it. Like, it's never intentional. It's always, like... We're either just forgetting to say something or misremembering something, but like the amount of things that we put in our brain that we almost immediately have to purge after each episode. Like, <laughs> true. He says, Jesse says to Brian, You can't just jump in the ring and think you can box about throwing the pink slip to his eclipse down. Mm-hmm. Then Brian points at Vince and says, He knows I can box. That's then true. they say some shit about some lame shit about respect. Now, yes. Leon, there's fucking nothing. He says, the best we have at the end is when Brian shows up at 1327 after the last jacking goes wrong. Dom yells that Letty and Leon are long gone. Obviously, Letty shows back up, but not until Bondolero, so it's entirely reasonable to think that Leon is the director of Etion. Oh, yeah, there you go. So I think he was saying about whether, I I guess that's about whether or not Leon's a criminal, a more criminal, because he looks like a criminal. Or if he's still alive, why is he not back in the franchise type thing? They have to bring Leon back. I feel like he'll come back for 10, right? I would hope. But I think this is direct because when we were confused about Vince and Leon being at the race, or confused about Vince being at the race, it was the same minute we were talking about, you were saying, no, Leon just looks more like a criminal. So I think that's probably what he's referring to. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, so Alex... Sorry, that Thank drove you. you crazy. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you for pulling over into a rest stop. You are now. You've we eventually got Jenny, there. You joined Jenny McMullen in the having to pull over to a rest stop to send us an email <laughs> tier of fandom of listenership because she has done that multiple times. Yeah, that's right. She does do that. I'm glad you're not texting or emailing and driving. You know how infuriating it would be to hear us have this conversation and be like, "He's there. He's fucking there. I know he's there." And he's just like yelling at the, into the void. I mean, we got there in the end. We just had, and also, by the way, that was. A lot longer of us being like, I don't know, and me editing out a whole lot of, like, actually having to scrub through videos and stuff. So, like, <laughs> what you heard was the good version of it. Like, the yeah, actual, like, if you were if you were listening into the, like, if this was, like, a live thing, you would have gone even more crazy. So, uh, you're welcome. Joey gives the highlights. Like, he says it a lot, but, like, he edits a fuck ton out Mm -hmm. of nonsense so basically every episode that you hear there's an extra like 25 to 30 percent that you don't hear yeah that yeah which is either it's either like silence in between talking but like also just stumbling over words or just like getting confused about things or googling us general being like information is it was it him or was it him and you're like but okay cool yeah it was him and then we have another email from 
someone named Rachel. I don't know who this is. <laughs> Subject line, Baby Driver. I swear if you guys don't do Baby Driver at some point, heads will roll, and it'll probably be Joe's, because his is the closest. Okay, bye. <laughs> I mean, do you want to break it to her, or should I, that I said, do you want to do Baby Driver this lap? And you said, no, nah, we can wait. I'm not telling her. She wanted to listen to... The only reason we only, only watched half an episode of Smothered yesterday is because she wanted to listen to Moby Flower, and I was like, well, if you do this, you know what's going to happen. And she was like, what? And I was like, we got to watch Gone in 60 Seconds now. It was like her first time actually watching Gone in 60 Seconds through last night. Incestuous is the wrong word, but there's an incestuous thing going on on Twitter where, like, you and Rachel have a conversation, you then tweet it out as one of you and then too fast picks it up and then you like it as you again it's like this whole like (laughs) echo chamber where it's just you and rachel having a conversation and being like look at all these people talking but it's just like the (laughs) two of you across three accounts like look at this conversation we're having oh a thousand percent yeah i do this all the time like I'm, I'm, gotta get those numbers up, bud. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm just building traction. I'm just glad that like you don't screw up more often than you do. Like it's it's amazing what considering how drunk you usually are when you're on Twitter. Like putting things in the wrong place. Like it doesn't happen too often, as far as I can tell. Oh, you mean like if I was tweeting from too fast, like as actually yes. me? It's very rare, and it's right, usually which it's is never. What, which is what I'm saying. Like, I'm very surprised. That's it's a it's a, it's a and it's never egregious either. It's always like, oh, I was replying and I replied from too fast as opposed to me right. to something. Yeah. What I do see all the time is uh, when I post something on Facebook, it gets liked by us because it's you trying to like as you because the Facebook <laughs> app is terrible. It's not like you know. <laughs> Yes. It's just like, oh, it has one like and it's too fast. I was like, all right, okay. Yeah. I guess I'll just, I guess I'll leave that there. Sure, why not? <laughs> well, that's all the email that we have today. So, Hector, thank you for that journey. Please let us know what you think about that. Uh, we also have about a dozen car pictures, Hector. So we can, uh, we're going to do we something some fun ideas. for the 100th episode. We have, we have some ideas too, yeah. So, yeah, family at cageclub.me. Send in rankings, send in car pictures, send in whatever. What do we ask? Oh, the, the episode has not come out yet, but where's the first place you want to go when it's safe to go places? Mm-hmm. That was what I was asking last time, yep. Family at cageclub.me. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes, please, and thank you. But Joe, on the streets, Fast and Furious news, is there anything that's come out news-wise about anything we know? We got this covered. Jason sent us an article a little bit ago. It was like a couple days ago. We got this covered.com says that Paul Walker is reportedly returning for Fast and Furious 10, but it'll probably just be a small cameo. We've been talking about this for a while, so I don't know if it's true or not. We all kind of assume it. I don't know what their sources are. The same people that told them that Han would return in 9 and that Ryan Reynolds had a cameo in Hobbs and Shaw, which were both correct, said that Brian will be back in 10. I do feel like this is also the kind of thing where like this this source might have been like 10 things, like these are the two that I got right, you know what I mean? Because I feel like we got this covered as kind of hit or miss. Like, all these are kind of hit or miss, right? Yeah, like, Slash like... Film. We see ones from Slash Film sometimes. Or slash Film's the good one. Slash Film's the good one. It's the, that's the other one. Cinema something? Yeah, I forget too. But yeah, there's a couple sites that just like peddle in rumors and... Movie rumors. They're either right or they're not. Like we had seen everywhere that Keanu was going to be in not or in Hobbs and Shaw, right? And Keanu wasn't. So yeah, I mean there were conversations. That just means like they might just see you know Cody Walker on set, or they might hear that he's talking to someone, right, or whatever. But yeah, who knows? I don't know. Who knows? I don't. Know. I don't. Any other news though? And I mean that's no, that was it. That was the big one that I got. Yeah, I don't think that there's anything else. Again, you know, with the world on hold, I feel like we're entering real slowdown. Like TV shows 
are not going to be new this year. I don't know when production is going to ramp up. I think the only thing we're going to hear about is like what we heard about a couple episodes ago where like The Rock and Emily Blunt teamed up for that other movie. Like it's going to be like, hey, we're yeah. making this movie, but it's not actually going to, it's not going to start production until who knows when, right? So Yeah, it's going to be all kinds of adjacent stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Now let's do Rock the Vote. I'm going to search on Google News to see if The Rock president brings up any hits. Is Dwayne Johnson running for president? On this one, no, it does not look like it. A lot of speculation about Joe Biden's VP, not The Rock, but just that's, I guess, what's coming up. And then I'm going to search Dwayne Johnson president. Do you know uh, there's a WWE guy, Shad Gaspard? died, apparently. Oh, really? I don't know that name. Do you know the name? No, there was a girl that just killed herself, too, but she was, like, in Japanese wrestling. And hmm. so, yeah, it must be, like, a weird time. No actual... He's, I guess, the TLDR, he's not running for president yet. Maybe one day. Yeah. That day is not today. I mean, we're getting close. I do wonder, so, like, where in the cycle... Ugh, I just... It's, it's already... Like, this drains me. This drains me thinking about doing this every time. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep doing it. Where in the election cycle would he announce? Probably be midterm-y-ish, right? Midterm-y of next elections, yeah. Which so means we got, we got like two years. Two years? Oh, boy. You can pause whenever you want, brother. That's okay. No, I mean, I'm committed to this. This is the one thing that I'm committed to. I just, because it's, I have, I don't even have the search. I just have the bookmarks. I just open them up. I'm just thinking yeah. about, it's, I think it's, it's not the act of doing it. It's the fact that nothing ever comes of it. You know what I mean? Like, that's <laughs> yeah. the curious news where you'd be like, there's no news and then all of a sudden there is news, right? But like here, yeah. it's just like, it's basically just a series of no's until you get a yes. And then even the yes is like, okay, well, now what? Like, I don't, I don't know what we want. Like, I don't know what the actual End game outcome. is. Yeah. Because, like, if he becomes president, he stops making movies, and I don't want that. Maybe he's president and still making movies. Who knows? Secret Service everywhere, just mm-hmm. on Hollywood sets at the red carpet premieres. Yep. All right. The Fast and the Furious Minute, Minute 62. I had, I, I don't love this title, but I have, it's just a wrong number. And this is the first line. I like line, that. I first kiss. Never been kissed. I mean, we, it's the first kiss we see on on screen, but it's definitely, I don't think it's definitely, it's definitely not their first kiss. It's their first date, really? They went over there smooching. He wakes up and she's naked in bed next to him. Like, they kissed already. Maybe they didn't. Maybe it was just like... Like a pretty woman thing? And then <laughs> only after he lies to her, then that's when they kiss? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. I hijacked at the fit again. Philpins made his decision. We're going to move on Johnny Tran and his guys at 1,700 hours. Unless you say otherwise. If you agree, just say yes. Yeah. Who is that? It's just the wrong number. In this minute, Brian answers the phone. Tanner tells him they're making a move on Johnny Tran. Mia wakes up next to him. He lies to her. They begin to make out. We cut to a gearing up montage. The Metropolitan Police SWAT team prepares. Mia finishes putting a decal wrap on Dom's new 10-second car. Well, Brian's new car. The the car that Brian gave Dom, right? Or no? Yeah, but it's going to be like Brian's car. He gives it to Dom at the end, and he also owes Dom a car, but it is Brian's car. It's like... You're you're right both ways, right? This is the car that he dropped off and to replace said, the car that he fucked car. up. Yes. Right. Yeah. 
Um, and then the SWAT team gets ready to roll out. I'm surprised. I guess maybe not surprised because she's kind of a gearhead or gearhead adjacent. But like, we get a lot of close-ups of Jordana Brewster of Mia's nails in this, and like Mia not having a manicure kind of surprised me. Like her nails are clean, yeah. but I was just like, I was like, oh, you know, for for a date and everything, because like when she like grips Brian's back while they're making out in bed, I was like, mm. oh. Huh, okay. Yeah, lots of lots of hand porn in this one, right? I guess so, yeah. You know, where's hand wiki when you need it? <laughs> wiki wiki hand. What's it called? It's called wiki feet. So I guess wiki hands. Ugh. That's gotta be a site. That's gotta be a site, right? Yeah, there's definitely one. I'm sure. I'm not searching it, because that's like the fucking donkey. I'm not doing the same thing. <laughs> yep, just to say it, there's a great episode of Seinfeld where George becomes a hand model. I've heard of that. I don't know I don't know the context, but I know that that exists. Yeah, George is a hand model because he has such lovely hands. I also noticed in this minute that eagle-eyed viewers will be able to see Mia's hair behind Brian even before she makes herself visible. Like, you know, we just zoom in on the through the office, through the racer's edge, into Brian's quote-unquote bedroom, and he's answering the phone. But you can see her hair, so like... You know, if you're like, oh, like, I know it's not like a reveal because she just pops out. I mean, it's kind of yeah. a reveal, but it's not like a delayed reveal. But like, you can see some hair there. So, you know, laying down and she's like, huh, who is it? The things you notice when you watch a minute eight or ten times in a row. True. It makes also makes me wonder if Mia, so we see Mia putting the finish, the decal on the car. Do you think that she did the wrap on her car too? That Silver Surfer kind of thing? This is actually really interesting that you brought this up. I didn't think about it until you just said it. If I was trying to place a wrap on the car, this is definitely a task I would give Rachel. She's really good at like doing this type of thing. I guess she, she might do all the wraps, you know what I mean? She's just like meticulous and thoughtful enough to perfectly align them and place them. Um, it's all that Lego work that she's done. Yeah, no, no, just like Rachel's always good at this. Like if I have to put like a sticker on something, I'm like, can you line this sticker up for me? And she, yeah, she's always dead on. So so what did you notice in this minute? Because we have a couple different scenes. We got the racer's edge scene. We've got the rooftop scene. And we yeah. got back to the garage scene. And then there's one frame basically that did a screenshot of. And there's screenshots of each in the minute. At, which you can find the minute document at too fast too forever.com. But what did you notice in this minute? Minute 62. So a little behind the scenes, Joey did a lot of the other, like the other two scenes. But in Brian's bedroom, something that I noticed, one, there's a sign right above his bed that says master your domain, which is another Seinfeld thing, right? The master of your domain. And I'd like to imagine that that's like his poster to remind himself not to masturbate here. Okay. So <laughs> that's what I noticed. There's a lot of like, Japanese print of car like car signs that like Dom has, you know, like this whatever race, the the NHRA final race or whatever. He has like Japanese ones of those. I can't read Japanese, so. And I noticed something that I want I'll circle back to because I think I want to bring it up for the question. Okay. But you know the rules, brother. I don't know if they're going to answer. We're going to find out, but so we at the rooftop scene, I was trying to figure out where this is cuz it kind of looks like when I was in uh LA the first time, I think. Mm-hmm. And there is in Hollywood, there's this huge church, and I think the church is where they shot the Godfather, like the oh, I think cool. the scene where they're like doing the baptism where like his spoilers for the Godfather, but like people get killed when his team is like killing everybody who like betrayed them. You know what I mean? Like at the end, like that whole climactic scene. I think the church they shot at where Michael is, is this church that's like on the corner. Like it's just like very prominent when you're driving through Hollywood. And I was trying to think okay. if like this is near that or not. And I'm trying to get gauge on like where, cause it seems familiar. And so I see Asbury, and so I found that Asbury is the Asbury apartment buildings. Yeah. So I found that. And there's a map there. And then mm-hmm. based on the aerial photography and where we're at, 
I think where they're gearing up is like the top of the parking deck at the MacArthur, which is a posh hotel, formerly the Park Plaza Hotel. The Fast and the Furious is not listed on that hotel's wiki. Kendrick Lamar's song Humble was filmed there. Steve Perry's 84 song Oh Sherry was filmed there. Pat Benatar's Lipstick Lies music video. So it has history. Yeah. Oh, even on here, there's there's a bunch of movies and TV shows that are filmed here. Notably for us, the movie Gangster Squad, Goster Squad, starring Emma Stone, Ryan Gosling, oh, Sean Penn. Oh, nice. They yeah. had a scene, the shootout was there in a couple high school movies. So this has been a very often used place. So I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. There's also like building-sized paintings of two men and a woman, which is pretty cool. That's all in the very picture cool. there. But I saw that, yep. we also see a sign for self-storage. And the numbers are a little bit hard to read, but I googled them. 213 is a uh, Los Angeles area code. Okay. So I'm going to find out what the rates are for something and also if they know that they're in the Fast and Furious. So here we go. <laughs> Damn it. What? Oh, damn. So I got the number right. It's 213-385-8385, right? That's what I saw. Let me take another my, my minute. 213-385-83, or is that 0385? Might be 0385. Thank you for calling Public Storage. Yep. Trusted since 1972 with oh, more God. than 2,300 locations nationwide. You've reached the corporate offices of Public Storage and PS Business Park located in Glendale, California. Oh. Our are closed. Damn. If you know the well, it's quarantine, so that makes sense, I guess. It's also Sunday. To reach our dial by name directory, press eight. If you need assistance, please leave your name and telephone number. Ah, oh. damn it! But okay, so it is a zero zero three eight five. Yeah. So and they still exist, apparently. <laughs> But that's their corporate number, which feels weird. Like, it should be like, oh, you know, I guess, I mean, it's in Glendale. That might be their corporate office. That might be where, like, the, the sign on the outside of the building might be, like, where their was is. You know I mean? yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. I tried, but yeah, I mean, that's... You did try. I give you credit. Self-storage is a very easy thing. To, you could just be like, hey, what are your rates? And also, by the way, like, there's, you know, you need that in. You need the common question. <laughs> yeah, first. And be like, uh, I got your, do you know how I got your number? Like, I, was I, saw, it, I saw it in a movie. What? Yeah, was, weird. What if they came back and they were like, which one? Like, Gangster Squad? Or like... If they didn't Photoshop that out of Gangster Squad, that would have been a very anachronistic sign. Be like, oh, we're in like period 1940s garb. And also, by the way, <laughs> 213 area code back when it's like Klondike 5. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. The only other thing of note, I think, in this minute that I want to point out is that the song Debonair by Dope begins. And that's a song that I think everybody who's seen this movie knows because it's a very cool song song also yeah. in the next minute we're going to have a Dude, scene that we've discussed no. a couple times yeah. it's where you know dom lifts letty up by the butt like that's in the next minute i think well, right? we're, so. and we're getting dangerously close to the fucking cut 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 tran arrest scene that i'm dreading so with the slap yeah like with that but there's like 50 cuts before that well we kind of have that here too because like i was trying to, i was like like there's something that i've noticed and i don't know if i've said this on the podcast when i've been doing clothing for everybody in these movies it's like every dude has short brown hair and like whether <laughs> they're a white guy a black guy a hispanic guy whatever they all just have short brown hair and i don't have better ways to describe it because they're not like it's not like shaved heads and it's not like yep. wavy hair it's just like the same everybody has the same haircut basically <laughs> and i was gonna do that the same thing here like i see at least 13 guys gearing up right there's like eight cars yeah. the ninth coming up there's probably more than 13 
but from the angle that we see, there's at least 13 different people. I was like, should I break each down? But like, they're all wearing the same thing, and they're all just like, yep. they're 30 to 40 year old, like in shape, cop looking type, White right? Guy. It's just like, yeah. we're going to cast all of you. And so they're all looking the same. I don't know why maybe they couldn't get the rights to use LAPD SWAT, but Metropolitan Police SWAT is like <laughs> this weirdly vague, unsatisfying police name. Gotham City. It's it is it is weird. I agree. Yeah, because I was I was gonna break everything down, but they're they're all they all look the same. Like they're you know there's some white guys, there's some black guys, whatever. But like it's all the same guy. It's basically like thirteen clones, just like one little thing changed, and they're all dressed the same. They're all gearing up the same way. They all have like the same gun. They're all wearing the same watch. They're all the same everything. Right? It's just yeah, no reason to break it down but we do have mia and brian visibly naked but i mean we can't see anything but they're just under the blankets and then we cut to mia with her uh long sleeve gray denim jacket with the button clasps at the sleeves end so big there is there is some clothing that i noted here also i don't know why not that you're better at clothing than i am but like i don't know why i'm doing clothing like i can't describe these things like (laughs) it's a fool's errand it's okay anything else of note before we get to the trivia question no so the trivia question, is it going to be about the pillowcase? It's going to be how many solid blue stripes <laughs> are on... Bra- We've been trying to bring it back. This is a very fair question. How many s- thick, solid blue stripes are on Brian's pillowcase? Because there's many stripes on the pillowcase, but it's a very distinct number of thick, solid blue stripes. You want to say one, two, three, four, and it's three, right? It's three. There's three solid, thick blue stripes on Brian's pillowcase. Do we want to do What's the Name of the Song? Although, I don't know... No, we've done that before. And it's also, like, I, that's that ascribes to Wes's, uh, you can know the you can know the song, but not know the name. <laughs> they don't, like, say the name of the song in the... That's true. I also don't think that Wes was like, okay, instead of doing that, count number of blue stripes. Like, I don't, like, I agree <laughs> that it's like, don't do things that people would have to look up otherwise, but it's at the same time, like, oh boy, like, the, the, you know, just because, you know, it's basically the there's not much else in this come on there's not much else in this minute i mean we could do like a what color the color is kind of obvious what is the decal that mia's putting on who put who applies the decal oh yes that's a good one i like that i like that as a as a second one (laughs) you really want to keep the pillowcase question okay oh i do want to keep the pillowcase question because that's that's rage inducing who applies the decal to the car to the orange supra so you don't have to give a dom letty mia unknown jesse we don't see somebody apply it what's a good wording for that or do you want to just say jesse we never see who's who applies it i like that we don't see the application yeah <laughs> okay i'm already getting hate about the pillowcase question <laughs> it's a bullshit question i mean this is a mona lisa Vito. yeah we need to change the question are visible on brian's pillowcase at the racer's edge sorry guys got clarification are visible <laughs> yeah okay 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 this is worse than the fucking candles. <laughs> it is. It absolutely is. Yeah. So 62 minutes, 68 questions. How many thick, solid blue stripes are visible on Brian's pillowcase at the racer's edge? Three. And then who applies the decal <laughs> to the orange super that the, the team slash family rebuilt? Mia. Yeah. I mean, we could go. We could fall down a real rabbit hole here. I don't want to. Okay. The second question is good. Yeah. I mean, like we could, we could, we could omit the pillowcase question. I think yours is yours is good and difficult enough. Because I feel like at some point, I mean, it's funny. I mean, I, it's I'm not funny, gonna say it's yes, not it's... funny, but at some point, people are gonna be like, "Oh, what the fuck?" I agree. That's fair. I don't know how to say this because I don't think that's ever actually going to be true. But like, I want to be able to myself get a hundred percent without memorizing the test, like without yeah. studying for the test. 
be able to know. And like, that's not something that I would ever pick up on. I think the candle one is very funny. I, yeah. Yeah, there's a pillow there. But like, also, Jordana Brewster's naked next to it. You know, it's just like, you're not looking at the pillow. It's also Brian, like, on the job or whatever, right? So it's just yeah. 67 points now. 67 questions, 62 cool. minutes. Who applies the decal to the orange super the team slash family rebuilt? Are they getting this question right, or are they still unsure about this one? No, they're, they're getting it wrong. They're like... That one's more fair. It's an actual question. It's an actual yeah. question. This is worse than the fucking candles. Was the response that I needed, and that's, <laughs> that's what I got. Which is which is true. It's true. It is true. All right, let's take a break. Let's hear another word from the DeLorean Motor Company and come back to talk about Back to the Future. Episode number 95, Back to the Future. This episode's brought to you by the DeLorean Motor Company, who is remembered for the one model it produced, the stainless steel DeLorean <laughs> sports car featuring gall wing doors, and for a brief and turbulent history, ending in receivership and bankruptcy in 1982. Shout out the DeLorean Motor Company. Thank you. And this episode is also brought to you by Jake Freer via Patreon. Thank you, Jake, for giving me another reason to watch this movie, for picking this one for us to watch. Did you see that John DeLorean was videotaped in a sting operation agreeing to bankroll drug trafficking? No. Wow. Okay. Very cool. Very, very cool. (laughs) Yes. I didn't know that until I was just reading this. I will say, so there are, I think, two different, I want to say there are two different Back to the Future days. There's the day in 1985. What is it, like August 6th, I think? I'm so sorry. This is, again, people are going to be yelling at, like, I think it's August 6th. That's the day in It's October 22nd. Yeah, 2015, right? It's the new one. Whatever the year is in Back to the Future 2, where they go to the future, to the actual future, I remember when I was in Austin at the time, it was that day, and my sister and I were coming back from the movies. I don't remember what we saw. I could find out. It wasn't... Back to the Future, but we saw just driving around Austin a DeLorean. So, like, I've seen they, yeah. they've had DeLoreans parked at the draft house on multiple occasions. People have turned a DeLorean into the Ghostbusters car just to, like, blend two different movie things. I saw a DeLorean in the wild that night, which I thought was very cool. Have you seen one of these in real in, in real life, like, driving around the streets? I have not seen one driving. I've seen them at car shows and stuff. I haven't seen one moving. It eventually, it got there. You know what I mean? It was so, right. like, I've seen one that's, I've seen one in person, but not driving down my street at any point. So let me do some uh, some trivia about the car first, because like I said in the opening, there are 308 bits of trivia. Most of it's kind of underwhelming, even if we're just covering the movie on a whole. But here's what you need to know about the car. So the writers, Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis, Zemeckis also directed the movie, got a letter, received a letter from John DeLorean thanking them for immortalizing his car. This was the first Hollywood film to feature a DeLorean DMC-12. Okay. The company later put out would put out body kits to make them look like the time machine for this movie, which I think is pretty cool. It's just like, hey, we might as well capitalize on this, right? Like, just people want the car. People want it to look like it in the movie. 
we might as well sell the body kits. I don't know if they made it or somebody did, right? But like, yeah. So the reason they chose it for the movie was for its general appearance and gull wing doors, which made it plausible that people in 1955 would presume it to be an alien spacecraft. It makes sense, yeah. The gas-powered struts that would hold those gull wing doors open, like apparently the car was not well made, and I think oh, you might terrible. have said this. The struts that held it open would fail during the courses of filming a take, so crew members had to be on standby with hair dryers to warm them up to stop the doors from drooping. It's just like, what a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. It's like a notoriously shitty car. Like, everybody knew that. So the interior was so tight with all the extra stuff they added in, like all the time travel stuff, that every time Michael J. Fox had to shift gears, he would hit his forearm on the handle that turned the time this other, yes. this, that changed everything. So you can yeah. hear in the movie, as he's like shifting gears, you can hear him like hitting things he's not supposed to be hitting, just because like, there's not room. And he's not a big guy either, no. you know? And it reminded me in a totally different way, but in to that point, remember, like, when we're watching Hobbs and Shaw, and we've got Hobbs and Shaw and Hattie all side by side. And, in like, a McLaren. Yeah. They're all comfortable in there. It's like <laughs> Michael J. Fox actually, like, this, like, you know, average-sized dude, not even small enough to, like, not hit things here. So, like, yep. DeLoreans are still built today in Texas using old stock and reproductions. I think this is probably the other yes. DeLorean motor company. Yes. The ones built today, though, now feature a flux capacitor, which, of course, is just for decoration, which I think is kind of cool. That is cool. The speedometer, this is to all you uh, DeLorean heads out there. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the speedometer in this movie is not an authentic original speedometer because oh. starting in September 1979, they made a traffic law that speedometers had to cap out at 85 miles an hour because they wanted people to drive slower and more safely. Like, cars could drive faster than 85, but you wouldn't know how fast you're going because they would just cap out at 85. So the That's car a really could do 80. shitty, stupid rule, but okay. They got rid of it a couple years later or whatever, but, like, when this car was released, they all just capped out at 85, so they had to change the speedometer to show it go up to, like, I think it goes up to 95 or something maybe in this movie, but they had to, like, show yeah. it so you could actually see it hitting 88, which I think is kind of funny because that's, like, the whole point of the car. It's not the whole point of the car, but, like, the whole point of the stunt is, like, you have to hit 88 miles an hour. Yes. And the car, when it was made, is like, well, we can't do that. It's like, well, we got to fix that. <laughs> yeah. They, I mean, they even have, like, a digital speedometer, too. But even still, it would be, like, really lame if you couldn't look at the dash and see it. Like, it would just be, like, above 85. You'd be like, okay, cool. Marty, you got to go above 85. It's like, well, how far <laughs> above 85? Uh, about three miles an hour. <laughs> also, I want to say that I'm very glad that I'm watching Rick and Morty right now. Like, it's not, it's not like they're referencing... Back to the Future a lot, but it's, you know, just spoofs these characters. But, like, early on, just, like, the relationship, just, like, I mean, they're all heightened caricatures, but just, like, the, oh, geez, oh, gosh, oh, gosh, Rick. Like, it's the same, yeah. it's the same thing, kind of. Yep. And also, to that point, like, Jerry is kind of like Crispin Glover. He's just, like, a terrible, hapless dude. Which, exactly. You know, whatever. Going back in the history of the screenplay, the car was not always, like, the time machine was not always a car. At one point... It was a refrigerator. At Ugh. other points, it was a laser device. So I think the car is cool. Like I think I don't know if that it's made the, the reason movie. the movie, but yeah, it, it, there's a reason. Like everything just about this kind of works. Doc Brown's car is a 1950 Packard Super 8 convertible. Mm-hmm. So Packard could have supported us or you know sponsored this episode too. But like Florian <laughs> was like, no, 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 we need to do this. Yeah. And then the only other trivia, and this is something that we have. It's not as interesting, I don't think, as other ones. But we've sort of been on license plate watch this lap because it yes. seems like license plates are a way to sneak things in. Of course, the DeLorean's license plate is out of time. O U T A T I M E. But there's also a license plate that I think it's the car that the band is in when they're smoking weed when they take a break. Yes. It says, For Mary, and that's a tribute to Mary T. Radford, the personal assistant to the second unit director. Very kind of niche thing, but like another instance of like, hey, license plate has a meaning. So 
Well, that's pretty cool. It's very cool. Very. But very there's cool. like twelve. Like that's twelve of three hundred and eight, and it's just like a lot of the trivia is about how basically no studio wanted to make this. Every like they didn't like the title, they didn't like the idea, they didn't like this, they didn't wow. like that, and then it goes on to become like we've talked about it before. Like there's no, I don't think that you could offend anybody with this movie. Like there's some stuff in here that like when Biff tries to rape his mom, like there's stuff that's like, oh boy, he does. For the it. most part, I know, but still, it's just like, oh, he's like, you know, get out of here. This isn't a peep show. Like I'm gonna rape this girl. He doesn't say that, but like it's like, oh, yeah. but like for the most part, like this is just like the most four corners everybody can enjoy this movie movie that maybe has ever been made i agree it's weird like i don't think that it's for children but i think that like this there's pretty much something for everyone in this one right like what what can we say there's nothing it's so wholesome and fun still even with what we were talking about it's just like such a good movie i was thinking when i was watching this like this is so refreshing to have like the good guys win so well like they really win in this movie every possible way the good guys win it like win after win after win and i was like oh man i kind of miss that there's none of these like are they good guys or are they it's like black and white good guys win that's it. And I think what makes that even more satisfying is that they encounter a really high number of like ways, things that they have to overcome, and they yep. do so believably, and it works out. Like, it's not like they're just like, they have a smooth path to victory, or like they have like luck of the draw or whatever, right? Like things keep going wrong, essentially, and they keep using either Doc's smarts or Marty's charm or whatever to like get through it all. Yep, exactly. It's so well-written and believable for a time travel movie, right? Here's where I think the crux of this could kind of, where the conversation could kind of go, because we've toyed about, toyed with the idea of time travel in the Fast and Furious movies, right? And like, I was wondering, imagine Dom having to help his dad, but his dad is his age. Tom goes back in time. I was also thinking like, it has to be Brian that goes back in time. He's like the handsome, charming one. Brian, I mean, we can't do Brian. Why? I don't want to have a movie about Brian. I think I think if you're going to bring Brian back now that Paul is gone... I oh, you're don't saying think in reality, can, though? In reality, yeah. I'm talking about, like, now, like, from now on. I think that it can't be... A movie can't be about Brian. I, I still don't want Brian in them at all. If Brian's in them, he has to be, like... He has to come through in a pinch or something, right? And just be like, just you know, I heard you guys cameo. needed help or something, right? Yep. But I was thinking about, you know, like, in this movie, like, when we see in the beginning, like, there's the, the Libyans who shoot and we, we think killed Doc... And so Marty, you know, runs away and goes back in time and then has to go save him or whatever. I was thinking about, like, that could be something like death in this universe we've, we talk about a lot is not permanent, right? Mm-hmm. Like, death is very reversible. I can see Dom needing to go back in time to save someone. And I think the obvious, I mean, I don't think we can kill Letty again. No. We could kill Mia, which feels unfortunate. I feel like we could also kill Brian, but, like, it would be Dude. weird to, like, kill a guy, a character for an actor who has die but like like who would you think do you think that that could be a way to implement time tra- i don't know i don't know where it comes from etion maybe cypher maybe chipper i think you really nailed it i think that now that i'm thinking about it that the only person that we can really kill is mia right because brian's already gone like paul walker's already gone Yeah, you can't kill brian just because that would be like the grossest thing to ever happen yeah that would be kind of a dick move because if the whole movie's like hey brian's back oh he just got shot and killed it's like or like or he dies even worse like in a car crash it's oh like, god like, no i know tasteless right like but i feel very and i feel like you can't kill letty but i think that there's something powerful about the like the idea like marty's trying to save his own life and he's trying to save his own parents marriage or whatever but like this the the photograph of having his brother and sister disappear like dom doing this for mia because like he knows that letty's his writer i think letty has to go back with him in time i think Ooh, 
Yeah. Because you need two, right? Like, you need two people. It can't just be one person, because I feel like... You go back and you meet the person from before, right? And this was this would be interesting. I like the idea that Dom goes back to a point where Letty remembers without having forgotten him. So you he know goes back mean? in time, like, five or six years? Yeah, he goes back to a point where, like, like, like first movie Letty, and we kind of, like, skip over that whole, like, she died, didn't die, doesn't remember, now remembers some, you know? That would be very interesting. There's always the question of, like, what do people know? What do people remember? Do you act differently? Like, at the end of this, when Marty comes back, having not missed a single second of Earth time, actually yes. gaining nine minutes or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. He comes back to 99.9% the same world, but to his to his life, like, almost totally different. Like, you know, everybody's still alive, but his parents have a healthy relationship now they're like in better shape they're good with each other biff is now his dad rich slave they're rich the brother has a good job instead of like working at like a fast food place or wherever he's going off to he's got like a job where he has to wear a suit Mm -hmm. and he's got this toyota like he's got the the the, the forerunner whatever right like at some point if you want to make it like a serious movie jennifer's got to be like why are you acting weird it would be weird that like somebody who's basically raised with money is all of a sudden replaced kind of with somebody who wasn't raised by money. <laughs> I wonder this sometimes too. Like, how would you how would you deal with the fact that you you would be different, right? Because like nurture is like a huge part of your being, your personality. Mm-hmm. So like if he just came back and was like all of a sudden like I want to ride skateboards and like wear you know my life preserver vest. Right. It would be like, it would be so strange, right? Yeah. Like, Jennifer would definitely pick up on it. She would know that he's not the same person. Everybody would. I mean, I think that's that might be, I mean, it's not why, but that also might be the benefit of ending, like, having that happen with, like, two minutes left in the movie. And, like, <laughs> yes. 90 seconds of those two minutes are Doc coming in and, like, being, like, a madman. But, like, him being like, wow, everything's different. Like, oh, gosh. Oh, geez. Like, oh, everything's different. And then, like, we're off to the next movie. It's, like, nobody has time to realize that Marty's different because he's just, like, dumbfounded. But I guess it seems like, and maybe that's what the movie's saying, that he actually has always been the same, because, like, he's dressed the same, like, oh, he slept in your clothes again, right? He just, he, he seems like the screw-up that he kind of, not screw-up, but, like, kind of screw-up. So so the movie de- definitely ascribes to as much as we see in practicality. It actually toes the line between nature versus nurture, right? Because the other siblings are drastically different, except Marty is exactly the same. <laughs> I also do want to uh, point out that I, I've never, I haven't seen this movie since we started Hanks with the Memories, but his sister, Marty's sister, is played by Wendy Jo Sperber, who plays one of Tom Hanks's co-workers on Bosom Buddies, which was like his oh. breakout role. That actress passed away, unfortunately. She was great on that show. She's good in this movie. But like, she's just like such like a burst of energy on Bosom Buddies. And I was like, oh shit, like there she is. Because I never knew her from anything else. I wasn't thinking, because when you think about this movie, I'm not thinking about the sister. No. And then when I'm like, I don't know what I know her from, but yeah, I don't know the brother, I don't think. Or maybe I do, but I didn't look him up. But I was like, oh, of course, like that's... Who is the one uncle? Like the one younger kid that says like, this is, a... how did you see this? This is new? Because I totally recognize that guy oh i don't know what's a rerun yeah what's a rerun that guy that kid milton baines is the character's name let's see here he was played by jason hervey oh he's in the wonder years yeah he plays wayne arnold on the wonder years he's in the Peebies. monster squad he's in Wee's big adventure yeah yeah there's seems a like he's been in a bunch of things he was in meatballs part two he was okay. in police academy two different strokes back to school yeah he was in a bunch of stuff in the 80s yeah but okay so i want to go back so the reason i brought up like would people think marty's acting weird is that like if dom goes back in time like if fast nine dom right goes back in time to okay. fast one letty i mean he looks different he's like you know more of like a 
he's wider and bigger and older and whatever but like if that all i think it'd be hard because like we that's also something we've seen these movies too it's like the what do you remember why don't you remember things the way that i remember things yeah dead on this is something that i was confronted with in this movie too like how does marty's parents never realize that marty is marty so that actually this year last month uh, the writer came out and talked about that. Oh, really? Yeah. What's the answer? Do you want to talk about it? In April 2020, Back to the Future screenwriter Bob Gale finally decided to explain the plot hole question about why Marty's parents didn't remember him as the kid in high school who got them together. Because this is what you're asking, right? Like this kid yes. who like came in and changed their lives, basically you know, helped them fall in love with each looks other. Looks the same, like, and then he grows up, looks the same, and you name him the same name. So I don't know if this is going to be a good explanation for you or not. He told The Hollywood Reporter, bear in mind that George and Lorraine only knew Marty slash Calvin for eight days when they were 17 and did not even see him every one of those eight days. So many years later, they still might remember that interesting kid who got them together on their first date. But I would ask anyone to think back on their own high school days and ask themselves how well they remember a kid who might have just been at their school for even a semester or someone you went out with just one time. If you had no photo reference after 25 years, Mm. you'd probably have just a hazy recollection. So Lorraine and George might think it funny that they once actually met someone in Calvin Klein and even thought of their son at age 16 or 17 had some resemblance to him. It wouldn't be a big deal. I'd bet most of us could look through our high school yearbooks and find photos of our teenage classmates that bear some resemblance to our children. Interesting. Which is not like a great explanation, but it's at least a thing. No, but it's fair. That's fair. There was another bit of trivia that I think separate from this but kind of pays testament to like their memory you know if you ever have kids and one of them at eight years old sets the rug on fire like just go easy on them they're like oh, okay cool cool whatever and then he leaves and she has marty i like that name that's a wonderful name right mm-hmm. like Yay. he has an older brother who's not named marty so like that's like how bad her memory is like she's got <laughs> this whole thing like i love the name marty but i'm not gonna name my first son marty right like, it's just like this weird i think to that point they remember him, of course, but it's more like, hey, that like it almost feels like he wasn't real. Like it's like the woman at the end of Vanishing Point. Ah, it's like, oh, like true. she just guided me or whatever, right? Like who knows? That kid was like an alien. We met this kid Marty once. I think they, I would come back and be like, hey, do you remember this? Why did you name me Marty? You know what I mean? Like after he comes back, like and they was like, I don't know, man. We like we we like the name. And we're like, how did you guys meet? You know what I mean? And they're like, that's that's the thing that bothers me, right? Is that the intimate connection to this person that they met for a couple days but is the reason why they're together too right because she like makes a big deal of this like we met because your my grandfather like your grandfather hit dad with the car she definitely remembers like why they met doc impresses upon marty in this movie like don't talk to anybody don't do anything don't change the course of time right it's already too late he's already messed with things but i think that he knows enough about how things could break to like kind of not want to poke the bear and not be like hey so remind like what when, when was your first kiss like any, and you know is, do you remember anybody like do you remember any other guys who you like you might have kissed that same night like anybody who like looked like me like i feel like there's a certain line where he knows not to cross because it could like time unhinge his mom exactly yeah yeah it's the kind of thing where like you know cinema sins or all those terrible like youtube videos are like let's point out all the plot holes and all the flaws and all these movies it's like yeah you could pick it apart but at the same time like don't you get chills at the end when like they fly off into outer space like it's just like it's fucking awesome yeah it also this movie's not meant to be like scientifically like there's a flux capacitor they steal plutonium to run the machine <laughs> like and then he then he flies it with garbage so yeah. apparently in the original version of either the script for this one or maybe the second one it was going to be it, i think they were going to like 
find the recipe, and I don't remember, I, I, I got rid of this, so I apologize that I'm probably getting this wrong, but that they found the recipe to Coca-Cola or something, and they leaked that, and then the car of the future was run by Coke, and so, like, there was just, oh. like, all these different versions, but I think the garbage thing makes sense, because, I mean, in the future, if you wanted to clean up the planet, if you can turn garbage into fuel, like, that's Methane. a win-win. Yeah, food, food waste. Food all over the place, what's it called? So, in this movie, there's obviously the age discrepancy, you know, Marty's 17, I think Michael J. Fox was, like, 23, and yes. then Doc Brown is like, what, he's probably supposed to be 50 and then like 80 maybe or whatever. Makes sense. I was trying to think like if you go back in time, like everyone in the Fastiverse, I, I never really thought about this until watching this movie. So thank you for that, Jake, this weird fact. Like everybody in the Fastiverse is basically playing 40. Like everybody's 40. Okay. There's no age script. Like I know Mr. Nobody's older. They have kids who are younger. Everyone is the same age. So I feel like if we were going to play a game of like, if we went back in time, who would be Doc, who would be Marty? Like, they're all just always the same age. Like, it's not like, there's not like an older father figure. It just feels like everybody is basically just generic adult age. Ten years difference. I'm sure, like, Giselle might be, like, 30 or, like, late 20s, and somebody's, like, almost 40. But yes, you're right. But, I mean, that, that's Giselle also. Like, Fast Five came out in 2011, right? Like, we haven't seen her since 2013. So if she's around now, she's now 40. Like, they're all, like, they were, they were all... 20 in 2001 or when they fast forwarded to 2004 they're all basically 30 around the time of fast five and they're all basically 40 now even though they're not like vin diesel's 55 or whatever 52 or whatever he's supposed to be like the actor but it feels like everyone is just aging they're just like yes we're adults it doesn't matter because that's not the story that these movies are telling but if you're going back in time like there's not this older i mean it would have to be mr nobody that's exactly what i was thinking and i was going to ask you this exact same question that the only person that could be doc has to be Mr. Nobody, just by default. And it's him entering whatever his organization is. I feel like he's in the Men in Black. Yeah. That would pivot this franchise into a whole Dude. other thing. Is Men in Black Universal too? I think it is. Yes, because it is Universal Studios Florida, at least. Okay, so yeah, so it has to be. That's very interesting. Because it does feel like he's the kind of guy who's like, I know a lot more than I'm letting on, right? Like Area 51, all that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you and I have basically behind the scenes been like talking about like ways that we hope the franchise... Not that I don't think they're going to, because I think that they're sort of set in what they're doing, but like... We talked about this in an episode, too. Like, But the big variation could be like space probably i would love to see them just get weird with it and like you know turn onto aliens because then that opens up a whole bunch of avenues for like wacky theories and also side you know pit stops and stuff but i was thinking like more along the lines of when we were talking about like what other universal products could we have crossovers with yeah we talked about like transformers and stuff yeah yes and now that you say that mr nobody being part of the men in black and we see the hierarchy from spy racers that there's nobody's no ones whatever whatever that maybe that's like their 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 like muggle name for the men in black, right? To use a Harry Potter term, another universal franchise. Because if there if God's Eye exists, the neuralizer, that's not a stretch to think that that exists too. Nah, God's Eye is like a little bit more based in reality. I don't yeah, I I agree. I'm not I'm not I don't disagree, but I also think it's like not a huge step. I mean, we have we have superhumans that are half robot, so also yes. that. Yeah. I'm just I'm looking on the Mr. Nobody Fast and Furious wiki right now just to see like we because we know Hobbs is part of the DSS right yes I, I don't know if they ever say Mr. Nobody's Mr. Nobody is the alias of a government agent and covert operative he's a supporting character in the Fast and Furious franchise before the movie 
Mr. Nobody was working to apprehend a wanted terrorist named Mosey Jaconda, who kidnapped a hacker named Ramsey, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Mr. Nobody's top priority was to find Mosey and Ramsey before she could be coerced into aiding the terrorist to utilize God's eye and disappear altogether. Originally, Universal wanted a big-name celebrity for Mr. Nobody when the character was eventually given a larger role in the sequels. They approached Denzel, who turned down the role. Oh, God, can you imagine Denzel as Mr. Nobody? Topeka Padukone? Who's this? I don't know. Oh, she's from Triple X? She's an Indian film actress and producer. She was in Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage, and a bunch of Bollywood movies. She, Halle Berry, Taylor Lautner, were considered for the role before they eventually settled on Kurt Russell. Taylor Lautner is a weird pick. Right? He's way too young. Despite his status as a government agent, Mr. Nobody differs from the commonly accepted image. He chooses to present himself as a relatively easygoing man with a taste for Belgian ale, even attempting to convince Dom to change his choice of beer, Corona. Indeed, Mr. Nobody has become a sufficiently trusted ally in a crew that in addition to his ability to get them to work with him... He was invited to their dinner party and happily attended it, along with a casually brushing off of Letty's gratitude. I don't think that we know what government agents, so like, I think our new theory is that he's men in black. Yeah, I think so. That would make the perfect sense, right? Prove that we're wrong. And it would be a great way to introduce aliens into the into the franchise. Oh, yeah. God. I don't think Vince. I don't think Vin could ever allow that to happen. I don't think there's a version of the world where we see aliens, but I do think there's a version of the world where, like, we see Mister Nobody put on glasses, and then like we hear the Will Smith song. It's like, oh shit! Like it's just like a wink yes. to the camera, like for like the final shot of a movie. It's just like, oh yeah, this is also in the Men in Black verse. I mean, well, we incorporated the Italian job, so why not? It would be smart of them to do it. Man, if we, what if we uncrack that right there? <laughs> It still is weird to me that the Italian job, that they're like, oh yeah, by the way, that was me from which job we did in Italy. We're like, oh shit. But like, I know we talked about it on that episode, but the fact that Charlize is in both universes <laughs> is like never explained. No, it's not. Right? That she plays Stella Bridger or whatever. Like she plays the last, she carries on the name Bridger, which is now a name I'm never going to forget because of Mr. Bridger. How does she become Cypher? Like you can't have Jason Statham go from being handsome <laughs> Rob to Deckard Shaw and then not have, I guess you could. I guess not address at all. Have Stella become Cypher? Like, that's crazy. Yeah, it's it's weird, man. I mean, maybe they'll address it in, in nine. Let me tell you my origin story. It all started in a job in Italy when I was in a hotel room and this guy, Mark Wahlberg, broke in without knocking. It's like, <laughs> that broke me. Or maybe Mr. Nobody met in Blackter with the thing and she doesn't remember. I don't he could have wiped Biff kind of Tokyo drifts into the truck filled with manure. In the, not on purpose. <laughs> he does. But he like, tries to steer away, but he kind of Tokyo drifts into it. He's drifting kind of with the skill of DK, but with the control of Sean, because he goes <laughs> right into the side of it. Yeah, that's true. Why don't we ever see any skateboards in Fast and the Furious? Sure. Like, we don't see anything that's not, like, a motorized vehicle, right? Yeah, I guess that's true. Like, we don't see bicycles, we don't see people on rollerblades, we don't see skateboards, we don't see any of these types of things. I mean, they they know that they can't do it as well as, uh, like, Rad does it, right? Yeah. Like, you don't even see, like, one of their kids be, like, on a skate... Because, you know, like, as if you're a small child, like, I guess, like, do we get power wheels even? Like, shouldn't they have power wheels at least? You would think. I mean, I think that we could learn about the Toretto history, whether it's through actual time travel or, like, what is it, Captain America Civil War, maybe, where, like, Tony recreates the night of his parents go- leaving, going out, and, like, he's on the piano and he's, like, a young Tony Stark, yes, and, like, yeah. his parents are going out and they're going to get killed in the car accident. We could learn through that, too. Like, But I feel like the history of the Toretto family and maybe them in Power Wheels, we learn via time travel or just, like, a flashback. Like, I could, I could absolutely see, even if time travel never enters this world, which I think is probably a safe bet that it's not going to happen. Not that it's not, 
but it's probably more likely to not happen than to happen. I could see an extended flashback, right? Maybe, hopefully, with Power Wheels, but who knows? I have a question for you, and I think mm-hmm. the answer is easy and obvious. If we were to create a time machine car in the Fastiverse, what car would they use? That's not a DeLorean, or that what is it? That is a DeLorean. That's not a DeLorean. What car from the Fastiverse would be the time travel car? This is putting a lot of pressure on me to remember cars. I mean, there's like a few obvious choices. Just I, this is probably not at all what you're thinking about. But I'm just thinking about was it Tej pulls up with like a you know Martin Luther King car? Ooh, that's interesting kind of a throwback. I also do want to say, while I think about this and try to get your answer right, because I feel like it's not, there's no right answers, but there's also right answers. For a movie, because we were like, uh, because when Jake submitted this, I think we've mentioned this before on the podcast, Jake was like, is this, does this count? Like, is this old enough? We're like, yeah, sure, why not? For one of the more modern movies that we're covering, this lap probably has more old cars than any other movie that we've actually done. Because like, most of the movie takes place in 1955, which is before Mm -hmm. any of these other movies. So like, you know, it works. It's very true. But no, we would have to pick like a new modern car, right? Oh, I, I guess, yeah. It would have to be like the most spaceshipy version of a car. So it'd be like the Lycan from Seven. Okay. Because that flies between the buildings and that's kind of spaceshipy. The Koenigsegg from the end of Six, that there's only one in the world, make that two in the Northern Hemisphere. What about the, was it the orange Lambo that Roman's driving at the end of Eight? I think it has to be like a hypercar though, right? Like something that would be like, if you went back in time, they would be like, holy shit what is this you know then maybe what it would have to be is something that like one of Tej's like mad scientist creations when like it doesn't look as as crazy but when Dom's like I want the the stepchild of this and this or whatever right yeah like the the ice charger some kind of hybrid thing that Tej works on doesn't really like it resembles a car but doesn't actually resemble a car the obvious choice but would would play weird to this is has to be like Dom's charger, right? Yeah, I mean that's that's the car, right? Like whatever the you know. car. But it wouldn't be like imagine if you like take Dom's charger, you go back in time to the seventies, right? Because that's like the difference between like they start in eighty five, they go to what? Fifty five? In the movie, yeah. So thirty years. So you start in two thousand one with Dom's seventies charger and you go back to 71. So it would just be like a chart. It would just be there, right? It's like, like a new car. Yeah, it would be like, wow, you have a new charger. Cool. Like We got Letty's everywhere inside of the Eleanor. We got Letty's everywhere. Do you think oh. Dom's named his car? I don't think so. I don't think that Dom has a has a naming system of cars. I don't think so. Do you think anybody's named their cars? If, if somebody were to name their car, I guess it would probably be Roman, maybe? Who would be most likely to name their car? Yeah, has to be Roman. I definitely think so. Has Do you think be. Ellie Toretto's going to name her car in... Oh, her Mustang? Lifespan? I wonder if she'll call it Eleanor. She probably will. I think she likes pop culture enough that that's what she's going to do. I guess if she likes these movies enough to write fan fiction about them, she probably has seen Gone in 60 Seconds? I don't know. I think so, too. Yeah. I also wonder if Mr. Nobody got his bulletproof vest tricks from Doc Brown, because they both have the vest on that we don't know that they're wearing a vest right because that's when you know you really got to try that belgian ale man just leave me on the side of the road exactly here marty leaves the note right so that's what i was thinking too that's why mr nobody's the obvious choice to be doc brown i can't imagine it being anybody else honestly i don't think it can be i think everybody else is just like the age is too close like we don't have older people we don't even have parents really no whose child is more likely to grow up to be marty brian's or dom's I guess it might depend on which set, which couple is more likely to grow up to be Marty's parents. I feel like in terms of, well, I don't know. I don't think I don't think it's Don. I think, like we were talking about with Jeff when we're doing the either-or questions, it's not that it's necessarily one, but I think it's not the other. I don't yeah. think it's Dom and Letty's kid. 
I think that kid is just going to be, like, too cool for, like... Like, that kid's not going to have a smartphone. Too cool and too familial. Like, he would never be, like, drifting off to, like, another person's house. But with removing Brian and Mia from the universe and having them go away, I can see that their child befriends an older, smart man that works in his garage a lot. Because I think that, like, Dom and Letty will raise their kid with, like, I think they would raise him to, like, just kind of eschew technology. Like, he's going to be the anti-cypher, I think, because based on what they have to deal with and based on their values... based on their old cars and the trailer. Yeah, like it's like their The trailer farm. of nine, you're right, because they're like on a farm. They're like going back to their roots. We see him when he's young. He's, he's like five or six or seven. When he hits 16, 17, 18, he might have rebelled against this and wants to adapt technology because he's like an angsty teen and his parents raised him on this farm without it. And I guess in that regard... Mr. Nobody is closer to Dom than he is to Brian, and so he might be just the wacky uncle figure who's always nearby. So it could go that way. I don't know. Yeah. We know that Han comes back in 9. How about Han's RX-7 was a la a DeLorean. (laughs) When he crashes it, he just got sent into the future. So he's 7 years younger than everybody, effectively. Yeah. yeah. And that explains how he was there. I still desperately want to know why there's, like... Dom goes to pick up a body. There's no body. Unless he's, like, lied to that, like, oh, yeah, the body was burned beyond all recognition. Here's just an urn or something. They just have, like, a funeral. just have a burial just so they can have, like, a physical place. But, like, how do you know? Like, he's got to know from that point. He's got to know since Tokyo Drift, since the beginning of 7, since the end of 6. Yeah, he definitely Mm -hmm. has to. And it's weird because, like, you think he would pick up on that, but I also think it's really strange that, like, the producers and writers didn't put a casket in it. Like, they gave themselves an out, like we were talking about on the last episode. Like, they wrote it so you're like, okay, like, if we want, we can bring Han back again. (laughs) Like, we didn't see the body, we don't see a casket, so, like, we can retrofit whatever we want in between to be like, you didn't see it, but there was just an urn, and, like... It was full of jelly beans, and nobody opened it, and whatever, whatever, so. Yeah. I didn't take a lot of notes. I think that's all the notes that I took, because this is a movie that I know, this movie that I really enjoy. There's not a lot of direct comparisons, direct links, but is there anything else about Back to the Future that you want to comment on, that you want to talk about? Any other connections to the Fastiverse that you think you could raise? Start the movie out. There's clocks everywhere. All the clocks are going off. Yep. Nothing but time. Hmm. Out of time. time. Out of time. It's like the opposite, right? Yeah, so I was thinking about that a lot. On another note, just because we just talked about this. Oh, wait, hold on. Or is Dom got nothing but time because he controls time because he's able to go anywhere, anytime, anywhen? Mm, Any nobody, any nowhere. Maybe he's always at the power of love and time. Oh, and the other one that I have, Doc and Marty are like first together. And Marty's like, whoa, heavy. And he's like, is something wrong with the Earth's gravitational pull in the future? Like, why is everything so heavy? And I was thinking, there is something wrong with the Earth's gravitational pull in the future. Dom. (laughs) Everything gets pulled to him. He's like gravity. I was just thinking, when I heard that this time, I was thinking about, that sucks. Large. Yeah. Which, if you want to know the story of that, go listen to High School Slumber Party, Identity Theft of a Cheerleader. (laughs) It it was excellent lifetime writing. That sucks. Large. Large. (laughs) Yeah. And also, as we know, Mia has gravity-like properties, too, or whatever we named that last minute, so there's a lot of Toretto weight in 2001, 2004, whenever this franchise actually begins. Do you think, so you know, this is the thing that Wes has probably written in more so than any other thing that we've tried to parse through the timeline of it all. Do you think 
we're ever going to have another retrofit, or do you think that this is now the timeline that they've stuck to? That might be a reason that they don't implement time travel, because they're like, okay, finally, we have this fixed, sort of, that, like, it doesn't really make sense, but, like, it kind of makes sense, like, there's kind of an internal logic. You mean putting Tokyo Drift back in? Putting Tokyo Drift back in, but also, like, moving the first movie to 2004, and sort of readjusting things, and Wes writing in about the two different ways, either by the gravestone, or by the ages of the kids, and whatever, like, it's as good as they're going to have, and opening up time travel might just further complicate things beyond all recognition like are they ever going to have to fix something else like maybe again about han and be like yeah well what you actually thought was happening in seven was actually during this time or eight was actually here because at the same time simultaneously i wonder if they're going to change the timeline again to once again sort of make things that we thought were impossible possible i think they might i don't think it's out of the realm of possibility i mean they've done it before yeah no letty letty again no Han, Han again, Han again, again. One last Back to the Future Fast and the Furious question for you, okay? Okay, yep. We ask everybody, you know, what's your favorite karaoke song? What would you do if you did, if you had a, a Roman moment where we need you to distract someone? A Roman? A Roman? A Roman in time? Rome wasn't built in a day. What band do you want to see perform in a Fast and the Furious movie? or think fits into a Fast and the Furious movie. Do you have one in mind? No. Like, well, in, in not band, it could be a music musical artist. We see a lot of times that we have musicians come into the Fastiverse. Like, we, we know Cardi's going to be in nine. But who would you like to see do, like, a performance in one of the movies? Before Tej was Tej, he was ludicrous. Before... I don't think that could work, though. Before he was a garage guy, he was a rapper. He's an aspiring rapper in the Miami scene. Yeah, but I mean, if he comes his out... His songs are literally in the movies. Or, after the first movie, Edwin gets so disenchanted by the car culture that he goes on to become... Ja Rule. Okay, so you're going with somebody already established. You don't want to bring in somebody else. I was thinking like somebody else. Like who would who could we cut in to be like, okay, they're like, you know, DJing a birthday party, but like do like a full song. Well, I think it's it's weird and not weird, but I think it's hard to come up with an idea because this movie, this franchise is so in a way closely tied to music already that yeah. like there's so many musicians that play that have parts that the soundtracks are so deep. I think it would be cool to have, like, DJ Shadow come in, right? Because they, they have oh. a song at the beginning of Tokyo Drift and also in oh, 7 yeah. when he goes back to Tokyo. DJ Shadow's a great pick. I don't know that he's a name that people really know, and I don't know that he, that people, like, even if you know him, if you see him, you'd be like, I don't, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, like, if you ever, if you bring a DJ in, it'd have to be, like, Diplo or, like... Diplo for sure, yeah. Dead Mouse or, like, someone who, like, you, you could, like, Daft Punk, like, someone that you could, like, recognize, even people who Ooh. don't like that music. Daft punk dead mouse is a good pick because he does gumball rally like he's like now a car enthusiast as well that would be somebody that they could run into i was thinking you even have to go somewhere like grander like they have to like you know maybe steal a car and kind of cut through like a justin bieber concert or even bigger like drive through coachella and have like something on that scale maybe but i'm, I'm trying to incorporate like a, a musical number into fast and the furious and that's what i was thinking about when i was watching that i mean i would love for a musical version of the fast and the furious that might actually be the way that you get into musicals i like a fast and furious sing-along yeah if you had to watch a, a musical every five or six months for the for this podcast you might actually enjoy musicals at some point i would love to see a, a fast and furious musical only if all 
of the actors saying their own numbers. Like, I want to hear Vin Diesel have, like, a somber sing-along when, like, something weird happens. Like, I dropped my wrench again. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm into it. Fast and the Furious the Musical. Didn't somebody send us something about Fast and the Furious the Musical? There was, like, a stage show. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah. But there was, like, a car ballet. Like, that wasn't a musical, I don't think. No, somebody had, like, a, like a, a production, like a play or something. Here, it was August 23rd, 2019. So it wasn't too long ago, too. Makes sense. Any other thoughts about Back to the Future or ties into the Fastiverse or time travel in the Fastiverse or Mr. Nobody being a part of the Men in Black? We went many directions that I wasn't expecting to go. Kudos to you. The original, the 90s Men in Black, like, I don't know that Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones fit into this universe anymore, but with the reboot, well, there's also, before the reboot, there was that, remember when Universal got, or Sony, Sony, I think, got hacked? And there was going to be the Jump Street Men in Black crossover, which would have been weird. But when you have the reboot with, like, Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson, you know, these MCU, these huge actors. And, like, I don't know if that movie, I don't remember if that movie did well or not. I don't think it did. I could find out. But, like, they would fit very seamlessly into this universe. I think more so than, like, a 55 or 60-year-old Will Smith or, like, an 80-year-old Tommy Lee Jones. Right? I think the fact that they revitalized it with new blood lends it ripe to be crossover. We talk about the MCU a lot, and I think Chris Hemsworth would fit in Fast and Furious a lot, too. I'm surprised that we talked so much about Men in Black during this episode, but but it really started to click there. Men in Black International had a budget of 110 million. Domestic only made 80. Worldwide, 253. So probably made a little bit of money after you factor, factor yeah. in like marketing and stuff. But it wasn't a huge hit. It, it, I don't think it, I don't think it did what they wanted it to do. Because if you think about the first one, budget of 90 made 589. Yeah. <laughs> the second one had a budget of 140, made 445, which in one of the recent Rick and Morty episodes, they're like, I don't remember anything other than Men in Black 2 was a shameless cash grab. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then Men in Black 3, even, you know, that movie that came out eight years ago, that had a budget of 225, which is crazy, but that made 625. So, like, damn. The new one did not do well, and I don't know why. It came out, like, and it ran against something serious like Hobbs and Shaw or something now that I'm like thinking back on it that it was like it was in movie theaters like at the wrong time for that like it was either like Jurassic World or but Universal wouldn't do that right so it's not like a Universal picture there was like another movie that was out like right during it it came out June the weekend of June 14th it won the box office that week it came out there's nothing else Secret Life of Pets 2 Aladdin was still in theaters but it was number one that week the next week Toy Story 4 came out which is similar but not exactly the same audience Men in Black dropped all the way down to number four okay. and then it just kept tumbling yeah no it didn't go up against anything weird I felt I felt like it did a month later Spider-Man was out but like that was you know in its fourth week on the box office so it was it just didn't do huge numbers all right so next week now that we have tackled the obscure week of furious 7 and back to the future we're having another themed week next week i think as far as i know this is our last theme i believe i don't know anything about these two movies other than the shared characteristic i think one is more a car movie and then one has one of the greatest car chases in a movie from what i understand next week is robert de niro week as we do midnight run and Ronin. Ooh. Have you seen either of these movies? I've seen Midnight Run with my father, but I don't remember it. And Ronin... No, oh, Midnight I... Run was the one that you were confusing with Cannonball Run? Yes. I was mixing the two up, and then I realized I was mixing the two up because he mixes... Well, he's mentioned both and gotcha. interchanged them, but he okay. doesn't mix up Midnight Run and Cannonball Run, but I do. Yeah, because we have both De Niro movies. From what I understand, 
I think Midnight Run is a car movie, I think. And I think Ronin is like an action heist maybe movie, but like has like a really like one of the from and I also might be mixing these up or I might not remember them at all. And so I apologize again in advance to Alex and everybody else who's listening. I think Ronin has like a great like an all timer car chase. Like because when you Google like best car chases in movies or car movies or whatever, like these came up. Yes, Ronin, Ronin definitely has like a notorious car chase, but I've never seen it. So, yeah. So next week, two De Niro movies. Midnight Run and Ronin. So we've uh, cool. we've never covered anything De Niro, huh? I mean, we had our Me the Parents podcast, which was a blast. <laughs> oh no, we did we did Dirty Grandpa for Zeph. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, he was in New Year's Eve, apparently. Oh yeah, he was in yeah, the hospital. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So we did two things for him over there. Oh, and he was in a uh, Fifteen Minutes, I think, which is a Charlize movie that I forgot about because that's not a great movie where Charlize plays like basically plays kind of Madame M. She's like runs like a brothel escort service that like feels like more than just that. So not as cool as Madame M, but you know. Yeah. Any other thoughts about anything before we say goodbye? No, that was good. Uh, if you haven't seen fucking Back to the Future, go do like. What have you been doing? I wonder. It's got to be streaming somewhere. I mean, I own. It's the on. Blu-ray, it was on so. Netflix. I was. I watched it on Netflix. Oh, cool! So it's, it's on Netflix and Showtime. So if you don't have, if you're the one person who doesn't have Netflix or access to Netflix, it's on Showtime as well. If you weirdly have Showtime but not Netflix, not Netflix. <laughs> That'd be really strange, yeah. But yeah, for all things, uh, once again, shout out to Jake for both supporting us over there on Patreon, TooFastToForever.com, and for getting us to do this movie. Because I don't know that this is one that we would have covered, because I don't like, I don't think of this as a car movie, but it, it is. I mean, the car is a key part, right? So, I mean, it's yeah. just, it's as much as a car movie or more so than My Cousin Vinny, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, it is. But yeah, thank you, Jake, for that. But for all things, Too Fast, Too Forever, you go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash Too Fast, Too Forever, or at Too Fast, Too Forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family, at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page at TooFast2Forever.com. I'm going to say right now, if you sign up at the $10 a month tier, one pick per lap. As long as we do two... Whoa! As long as we do two a week, you get one pick per lap at that $10 a month tier. And there's the tier above that for... I mean, for... I thought about the tier above that where you get to plan an entire lap. When we do two a week, that's power it gets heavy incredible amount of power which we still have not had anybody there which i understand why not but like that's a lot of picks that's a lot a lot a lot of a picks. lot of picks and a we will work with you to make sure that that actually makes sense and works out but too fast too forever.com for that email family at cageclub.me leave us a review just say hi just you know subscribe to yeah. jason dickinson's youtube channel if you want his reviews sure whatever you want to do family at cageclub.me i'm joey lewandowski i'm joe too and we'll see you next time right here on too fast too forever peace out peace out you anus peace out